Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast. I am your host, Joe Aragon. With me today, Sydney Volpe. And in the house today, the dog days are over, Sydney. They are done with. They're over. They're over. Do you like that song? I do love that song. That was a good intro by you. I thought so too. I, I thought of that uh, all day, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. I was. Uh, I've been listening to it. The song? I know. I, well, yeah, I kind of forgot about it. That was like. That was like the song of the summer in like 2012. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you like that song more or No Sleep for Brooklyn in the movie more? Oh, that's a spicy question to spicy kick off Spicy question. With. I know, wow. I know. Jumping straight two, into two it. Two very different uses. <laughs> we'll put that in our in our pocket. Okay, I we'll, talk come back about to it. we'll come back to both it. Both yes. of those scenes. <laughs> we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If you haven't guessed already by the title or by our quick discussions about songs uh this will contain spoilers it is impossible to have any intellectual conversation about this movie and not talk about spoilers so if you want to avoid those i would say pause come back when you do watch it if you don't care press on before we jump into the movie what was your relationship to guardians going into it are you a big guardians fan were you not a big guardians fan i actually don't know yeah i'm curious about your relationship to it too for me i guess I've always been, like, a fan of Guardians. I I never really considered the Guardians to be, like... I mean, everyone has their favorite MCU movies, like, the ones you think are, like, really good, and then the ones that you just personally really love. And I was never, like, a Guardians head, I guess. Um, But I rewatched... I mean, I always thought they were great, and I rewatched Volume 1 and Volume 2 before seeing 3, and I love Volume Two. Like oh, I know you're that's a Volume like, Two loyalist. I'm a Volume Two truther. Wow. Um, I just love the whole thing that like he did with ego and the daddy issues, and you know. So I think I I gained a new appreciation for them rewatching. Um, but I always thought they were good. I mean, I love the Suicide Squad. James Gunn, like he's got it on lock like he knows what he's doing in the comic book movie sphere um but what about you i know you like them but i don't really know what your history is i feel like i'm in the same boat as you in the sense that i always liked the guardians but i was never a as you put it guardians head not sure if that's like the official term for the guardians fans but uh okay it is now it is now i was never a big (laughs) guardians head but i I liked them i have not rewatched volume two yet only because Clara and I are are going through the entire MCU for the Patreon, and so I didn't want to skip ahead just yet. We're going to get there soon. But I did watch Volume 1, love Volume 1, and I remember liking Volume 2, but never falling in love with it. So I'm excited to revisit it, because if you love it, I'm just curious to see how it fits now in this trilogy. But like you as well, like James Gunn has it on lockdown. Like He knows what he's doing, even if what he's doing is very uh predictable and we kind of know what to expect from his superhero movies now i mean it works right like i mean if if you it's not broke don't fix it and he's continuing to make these uh pretty really enjoyable comic book movies Uh, i like suicide squad a lot so going into volume three i was excited especially because it's following uh ant-man and the wasp quantum mania which is a movie that (laughs) 
you know, wasn't really well received by many people, including, you know, both of us. I clearly liked it more than you, but not by much. You loved it. No. (laughs) Don't (laughs) be spreading fake propaganda about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I (laughs) am not a defender of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I just point out that Shazam quickly followed that movie and was just as bad. And I just just don't understand why that movie didn't get as... Well, I think it did get its fair share of hate now. But yeah, I thought Shazam was better, but is I mean, like, yeah, Ant-Man Quantumania to Guardians 3 may be the biggest jump in quality we've ever seen <laughs> in the MCU or DCEU. We're both on on the chronically online a lot. Have you seen a lot of the Twitter posts saying like this is, you know, Marvel's back, MCU is back. But like, that's kind of insulting considering I thought Wakanda Forever was pretty good. Like, I don't. I don't subscribe to the feeling or sentiment that MCU is back because of Guardians. I mean, yeah, they've had a lot of stinkers recently, but I don't think like they're back. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's interesting because I think there is a lot of like nostalgia for like, oh, when are we going to get back to like Endgame or whatever? Mm-hmm. But we've had, you know, I like Multiverse of Madness. A lot of people don't, but we've had good stuff sprinkled in. Shang-Chi... I don't yeah, even remember yeah, yeah. How, how recent any of these movies were. But yeah, I thought <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, when did that come out? <laughs> I, fucking, I don't even know. 2021, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. It's probably like 2016. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think as much as I do have a lot of issues with Marvel, not everything has been like Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So this is true. Credit where it's due, I guess. So let's talk about the actual movie then. Your initial thoughts walking out of it. Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you think it was mid? Do you think it was terrible? Where's your head at when you left the movie? Um, I well, liked it. Let me, let me back <laughs> well, up real quick. Because this is the one okay. time you didn't get to see a, an early screening. So you were went to this movie oh, yeah. kind of... Uh, did you have high expectations because of all the discussions like going into it? No, I think that I've kind of learned like what my relationship with Marvel is and kind of like, you know, everyone has to kind of, like the hype for these movies can be a lot. Like, yeah, I think that's like the biggest thing about it is that I'm, I, and I was like, well, gee, I wonder what people are going to think after it's been out for like a week or two. And it's not, you know, festival hype, early screening hype is so real. And they do, you know, they did a lot of early screenings for this and everyone's saying like, Oh, it's a masterpiece, blah, blah, blah. And I think I also know that, like, I like James Gunn's whole, like, shtick, but yeah. it's not, like, I don't watch it and I'm like, oh, my God, this is made for me. And I and there are so many people who feel that way. And so I was happy for everyone who's coming out being like, oh, my God, I cried seven billion times. And <laughs> it was perfect. It was a masterpiece. Um, there's so much that I liked about it. I do have some issues that we'll touch on, obviously. Yeah. But I liked it a lot, and I thought it was a really solid conclusion, and I liked that it was kind of able to just breathe and, like, be its own thing because it was saying goodbye to this era rather than having all these strings attached to other stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What were your initial reactions? I left the theater in... in, in kind of in the same vein as what you're talking about, the hype for these movies can be really overwhelming at times. And it's hard to know what to take seriously and what to you know take as a grain of salt. Recently, they showed The Flash at CinemaCon. And like 
every response to that movie has been wildly positive. Now, well, Tom, could, do you see Tom Cruise? <laughs> no. Wait, what happened with Tom Dude, Cruise? Dude, Tom Cruise saw The Flash and was like, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I think we had we had this conversation on the podcast. We talked about... Oh, did we? <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about, like, Tom Cruise said The Flash is what cinema needs right now or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when well, people... crazy, so... <laughs> we'll see. But anyways, I interrupted you. No, <laughs> it's, you're saying? good, you're good. So when people came out of CinemaCon saying The Flash is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made, there wasn't, like, a single negative review in that pool of tweets that i saw so it's really hard to sift through these and, and kind of determine what is genuine what is kind of fluff right. so when i see a movie early i try my best to not be overzealous not to be overwhelmingly positive unless i actually feel that way i mean clearly if someone feels that way they feel that way i'm not saying people are lying but i do think people can get carried away with their reactions to the movie for sure so i saw it uh, on a Thursday, about a week before it came out, I felt very great walking out of that movie. I didn't think it was perfect. I, I too, believe there's some issues. But I thought, overall, it was a just a fantastic movie and a really great conclusion to this, you know, this trilogy within the MCU. Um, I did cry a lot. Not seven billion times, but it did feel like I cried <laughs> for a long duration of the movie. I'm not going to lie. It's the only MCU movie that has really hit this emotional chord with me and i think it's Whoa. been that way for a lot of people i mean what other mcu movie is this emotional do you have another dude, one, dude when i tell you how old was i when endgame came out when i saw endgame i was inconsolable like at any given moment i could just start like sobbing even thinking about tony dying what really i don't know man yeah, that movie got to me, like, a lot. What about Infinity War? I feel like a lot of people would say Infinity War is the one people got really emotional at. Just because, like, that's that's the one where Black Widow dies, right? Yeah, well, Black Widow dies. Everybody dies at the end. You know, Peter Parker's oh, like, yeah. oh, Mr. Stark, that I was, feel like, funny. that was, like, mass death. And we, like, knew. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even remember so long ago. But Endgame was it for me. But Infinity War also, yeah, it's emotional. Yeah, well, and I completely agree. I feel like you were going to say we knew they weren't going to permanently die, so, like, the emotion isn't really yeah. heavy. I was. That's, that's how I feel about Infinity War. That's, like, my biggest dig at Infinity War is that there is no stakes because it just sets up Endgame where there's actual stakes. Anyways, that's a conversation Wait, for a different day. That's, but, but side convo, just do you not think, because everyone thinks that Infinity War is better than Endgame. Do I do not think so. No. No. I might agree with you. I think Infinity War is suffers from what I what I've dubbed, I don't know if it's a term or not, but the penultimate problem where it only serves as a stepping stone to the true finale. Nothing in the movie I'm like every time I watch Infinity War, I'm like this is entertaining, but every consequence it has, it it doesn't really matter because it's going to be addressed in Endgame and resolved in Endgame. Yeah. 30 people die, but guess what? They all come back to life in the next movie. Like, it, it doesn't really hit any type of emotional chord for me. Right. Well, that's a question I have for you about Guardians 3. Oh, okay. Well, uh, should we jump into that? Let's just talk real quickly about the things we did like, because I don't want to tear this movie apart yet, because uh, I think overall we both liked it. I think I liked it a little bit more than you, but not by much. Um, yeah. What are some things that I you remember- liked about Guardians 3? 
Okay, okay. What are some things I liked about Guardians 3? I, I guess the first things that come to mind, I thought Chris Pratt was really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I was kind of shocked, and I liked Words his I hair. never thought I'd say, but yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, people think his hair was a wig, but I thought he looked good. Um, I thought I thought Rocket's backstory, I mean, I, I feel like pretty much everyone is in agreement, was like really well executed. I agree, And yeah. I think in a way, it was like kind of what we expected, um, but it, I wasn't like I wasn't like ticked off that he like didn't die or anything like that. I, I really liked that he kind of got that arc and the way he was connected to the high evolutionary. I thought Chuck Woody Iwuji was really good as the high evolutionary. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on him as a villain because I think there are some positives, some negatives. But I don't know. I thought it was very funny. I just, I love all the characters. I thought Drax was very funny in this movie. Yeah. Um, it's visually really great. I mean, James Gunn obviously has a lot of care for the way the movies look that he makes for the MCU. And, and it's a step above, like, a lot of what we get. So those are, I think those are my biggest things. Okay. What are your okay. positives? Let me back up one second. Did you actually, did you cry in the movie? Yeah, well, yes. It took I a long time like, to answer and it scares me. <laughs> My thoughts on like the emotions of the movie are like, I did tear, I teared up like multiple times, but me, like I cry at everything. Like I cried at fucking Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> when? So, and I'll, I'll admit that. But when? um <laughs> the end like come on oh okay okay that part is emotional I actually when i saw it i was surprised by how well executed the ending of dungeons and dragons was yeah i was surprised that i was like wow i actually am invested in this and it made me feel the like this connection that they all had, all had oh, to each other i thought you were gonna cry when like jarnathan gets uh grabbed again at the very end or something <laughs> justice for jarnathan J- justice for jarnathan <laughs> that was kind of shitty that movie was a little bit cynical a lot of it's cynical <laughs> but so is this one but yeah i i teared up a lot i think that the animal well i also didn't really want to be sobbing because i was like alone so i just like sucked it back up i was like okay fine like you're tearing up but that's that's all you get <laughs> okay but okay. the animal stuff was really sad really affecting but i think this i think some of it i honestly think some of it maybe was like a little bit it's not i don't want to call it emotionally manipulative but it was like i wasn't sobbing because it was cute animals and it was really sad but i wasn't like fully invested in what was happening and then i didn't really think any i mean the end is mostly happy okay you didn't cry at the end so i didn't yeah no what did you what made you cry Okay, so I cried at every animal part in the movie, which that is a question okay. I had for you later, and we can maybe address it now, is I don't think it's wrong or even unfair to call the movie emotionally manipulative. That is a common critique I've seen from some people. Mm-hmm. Is the movie too dark? Is it too much? Maybe. I, I could see that. I mean, the the amount it dives into like the animal testing and experimentation was surprisingly... A lot. I was not expecting it to really go that much into detail. Give us that much backstory on not only Rocket, but you know the core friend group he has. It's a lot. I cried. I cried many times during those portions, especially the the climax of it when he Rocket is like dying and sees the light and sees his otter friend. Yeah, yeah 
I it, it was it hit me really hard. I was I was sobbing. I mean, luckily, luckily I was out at a press screening, so there's only like ten people in there. So sobbing alone wasn't that it's big of a like deal. All just like old guys. Yeah, a bunch of older guys. Someone else was crying <laughs> in there with me, so some other old white guy was definitely feeling Aww. it too. But uh, I cried at that part a lot, um, and then I cried at the ending, basically the entire ending. As soon as Dog Days are over, like was selected on uh, the Zune, which is not an iPod. Do you remember what a Zune is, by the way? Uh, not really. Oh, it was. But I mean, yes, but I don't think I ever like used one. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Microsoft's answer to the iPod quote uh, answers in quotes, oh. not really an answer. They tried to answer the iPod with the the, the Zune. Uh, it was actually pretty cool. My friend had one. I never used it, but it was uh, cool looking. But uh, you know, Apple reigned supreme. Yeah, the Zune that that Star Lord went back to get, right? Yeah, and gave it to Rocket at the end. Right. Yeah. So when they, as soon as he clicks, Dog Days are over, and it's playing. That was a lot. I I thought that was very emotional. Getting everybody's goodbye, even when Peter went back to see his grandfather. Shockingly, that got me as well. Really? Um, you know what really got me was what? when I think it was Mantis or Nebula. I think it's Nebula when she goes, "You're not Drax the Destroyer. Like you're like you're supposed to be a dad or a father." Do you remember that scene? <laughs> really? Yeah, I yes. Do. That part was so sad. It was so sweet. I mean, sweet and sad, but you know, Drax is a, a guy from the beginning of the Guardians franchise who's, you know, been dubbed the destroyer, but he's only a destroyer because his family and his daughter were murdered. And so yeah. to have Nebula, I think it's Nebula, the kind of quote unquote most heartless member of the group to acknowledge like you're not a destroyer, your father, is was so oh got me. Got me good. Got me good. Okay. No, that's so, fair. Yeah. Cried a lot. I loved all those things about it. Uh I liked a lot of the action. I thought this movie had surprisingly some of the best action out of the entire Guardians trilogy. I thought there was some pretty impressive moments, really fun scenes. We can talk about the hallway scene as being maybe the the best action sequence in the entire movie. Um, and then you mentioned the uh, High Evolutionary, which I thought was fantastic. And I think why I liked him so much is the MCU lately has given us so many villains that are like, oh. You know, are they good? Are they bad? They have substance. Like, uh, are they a good guy? Maybe they're like a tormented good guy. Uh, maybe they're just a, misunderstood. The High Evolutionary is just a straight up bad guy. Nothing redeeming about him at all. He's just a good classic villain, and he fills that role perfectly. And I feel like the MCU was really missing that, and that's like one of the biggest reasons why I loved him. What are your thoughts on on that? Do you do you find him to be like this complicated villain or do you like that he's like a straight up bad guy? Yeah, I've seen this conversation come up too. people talking about like, oh, he needs to be put in like the top 10, the top five best MCU villains. I don't know how I feel about like his placement, but I've seen complaints that, OK, he was, you know, the performance was good. He had some good lines, but like we don't know why he's evil. We don't know his backstory and all of that. And and I'm kind of like, it almost surprises me that I'm on this side of the argument, but I don't think you need that, especially in a comic book movie. I mean, that's kind of inherent to comics a lot of the time. And, and just through like his actions are so unique and specific, the way he's like manipulating 
life and how he like you know talks about how like god isn't real so i had to step in which was fucking metal as hell metal as hell it was so it was so great and he's clearly just like really fucking deranged and i think with how much time you spend with him you can kind of fill in the gaps with your own imagination being like wow this whatever happened to this dude He's fucked up to the point where he's even manipulated his own body mm-hmm. doing this stuff. And it was, yeah, it was dark. Like, the more you think about it, it's, like, really dark. And I personally enjoyed how dark it was. It's It spurred another conversation how people are upset about the PG-13 rating. And I that, saw a few of these uh, upset comments. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, the rebuttal is, like, well, it's PG-13. We've kind of, you know convinced ourselves that all of these movies you know all pg-13 movies are for anyone yeah yeah and it's not it's pg-13 correct and uh i can't believe they dropped an f-bomb that was so awesome yeah (laughs) so i want to address a couple things you've said uh well said about the high evolutionary completely agree with you in the sense of that argument that we don't need a fucking backstory to every single villain in person We talked a lot about this in John Wick 4. Fuck, we're going to talk about John Wick 4 every podcast episode we do. <laughs> there apparently. it is. The token John Wick 4 mentioned. Take a shot for every time we talk about John Wick 4. <laughs> um, God, we even talk about John Wick 4 and the horror episodes on the Patreon. That's how great it is. Yeah. Um, but we talked about in that episode how we, we just don't need backstory to everything i don't need to know about every person's history and why they became like this why are they like this how did this place become you know like this i don't need to know why the high evolutionary is the way he is he's just a fucked up dude and he's fucking crazy and i love that like it's just great to watch him be fucked up and then when he gets his comeuppance at the end satisfying as hell I, I don't need, yeah. a, like, this Christian Bale, Thor, Love, and Thunder, like, oh, I just want love. I'm just, you know, I'm killing all these gods because my kids were killed. Like, I don't need the misunderstood villain every single movie. I really don't. Sometimes it's fun to just get a really bad fucking villain and to, to see him get, you know, owned by the heroes. I like that a lot. Uh, it gets really dark. Like you said, when he takes off that mask and you see like his mauled face. Yeah. Oh, shit. I was like shocked. <laughs> I, w- I was sincerely like, well, I cannot believe we're seeing this. And it is PG-13. But you make another really good point in that we as a society have kind of determined that PG-13 is for everybody. But that's just us living in this bubble as maybe you and I, we're, you and I are not parents, but I don't know if a kid you know, eight to 10 to 12 should be watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now, I'm not a parent. You can do whatever you want, but it is surprisingly violent and dark. Um, They did drop an F-bomb. Yeah. And so I guess I get, yeah, I guess I get that people might be upset that it, it kind of does exclude that younger age range because it is the MCU, which is kind of like it. it's, but the MCU has always had movies that were like more mature um and so i don't know like i do like that they're kind of going in that direction like dc has never been afraid of of going for the r rating for their more like kind of independent films that are separate from like the main canon oh like joker and stuff yeah 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 exactly so yeah i don't know but also i think we should bring back movies that traumatize kids yeah because we all had those growing up fuck them kids (laughs) 
But the other thing I wanted to say about the high evolutionary that is also such a great thing about his character is that is like the way it's executed, um, like his connection to Rocket and how that propels the plot and makes it like we're automatically invested because he hurt someone we like care about mm-hmm. off the mm-hmm. bat. Like he's not just ran it like Gore the God Butcher. Who give who gives a fuck? Like even if the lines are cool and Christian Bale is great. Like you said, like there's no there's no emotional foundation for this. Correct. And so it kind of just is like the monologuing bad guy. But the yeah. high evolutionary, yeah, it was cool and how it showed you his history with Rocket made it all the more interesting. You're like, this is this guy that like did this to Rocket. Like I'm I'm more curious about him now. Yeah. So I thought a lot more engaging. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was good. One of the better parts of the movie. Well said. I completely agree with that. Love that guy. Um, does this movie have the best soundtrack of the three movies? What do you think? Good question. I'm not really like a soundtrack girly, but what? I, I really? don't know. I am like I'm. I'm the kind of person who like I don't usually get into it, and then there will be one that I just listen to, like, like all day, every day for like the entire year, and become obsessed with it. Um, I think the better question is. Cause I don't even know, so I doubt the listeners even know. What do you What do you listen to, S- Sydney? Like as music? Me? Yeah, you. Uh, Come you on. What's on your I've Spotify rap to, okay. from twenty twenty two? Spotify rap from. I'm telling you, like my top five songs were all from the Licorice Pizza soundtrack because I just like, <laughs> became obsessed. I'm not kidding, and it was like all I listened to. The okay. RRR soundtrack I listened to all the time, but I I don't know. I listen to like fucking like Elton John. I'm really into Electric Light Orchestra right now. It's fucking boring. You don't. Are want you that. like a sixty year old man sneaker? Yes. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay. It's whatever. It's cool. it's okay. Cool. What cool. do you cool. think? <laughs> what do you think which one has the best soundtrack like i feel like one is like iconic because it kind one of is iconic yeah hooked on a feeling is a, a banger it's just like it's the first one recency bias has me saying the third is the best one it's the only one that's a combination of both kind of oldies rock but also gives us you know florence and the machine i almost said florence pew uh gives us florence and the machine <laughs> which is a 2000 song so it gives us a little bit more uh of like a little relatability because that's a song mm-hmm. that a lot of people have experienced in their real life uh before this movie so that's kind of a nice little connection to uh the soundtrack for volume three so yeah i'm torn it's between three and one uh two is in last place i couldn't even tell you what's on two soundtrack well right which now. one has rubber band man I don't know. I think it's. I think it's two. Might be Honestly, two. Honestly, I might think it's two. I don't know. Wow, you're. Just I'm just a, a tr- two truther. <laughs> I'm a two simp. <laughs> uh, they're right, all great right. though. I mean, James Gunn clearly has good taste, and yeah, they all capture like. I- I've always liked that about it. That it's like it. It keeps kind of the charm of of um, Quill being from Earth. Yeah. How do you feel about the creep opening? Oh my god! I forgot about that. I thought it was really oh, good. Oh, that was iconic. Right? Yeah, right, I loved that. Another... That was when that was when I, I I heard Creep come on and I was like, okay, I'm locked in. Like <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he's doing this, but it's awesome. Is it another uh title card of the year contender? The title card was also really good. Yeah. But I've heard yeah. comp- I, I was kinda like not vibing with the opening uh like long take. 
at first. I was kind of like, what is even... Well, honestly, the first act, I think it was most of the first act. I don't know, like, the plot... I mean, do you agree with this? I thought the plot just went, like, crazy all of a sudden. Like, it just dives right in, and it was, like, super fast-paced. So the movie opens up, if I remember correct, it's been, like, about two weeks since I've seen it now, but the movie opens up with... Rocket being mopey, they're trying to rebuild nowhere. Quill is drunk, and then basically Adam Warlock attacks the Guardians, right? Yep, it's like, yeah, just kind of showing you the space. They kind of are just all going about their business, and then, yep, it's the big, big fight scene with Adam Warlock, and then it's like, boom, like rockets hurt, med packs don't work, we're leaving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, this is like the biggest complaint I have with the movie, right? It, and this is maybe okay. where you can step in as well with your complaints. It has that typical Marvel issue that we've seen a lot where it's just, it feels like it's trying to do too much. There's so many characters that they're trying to touch on and give us this really nice finale. And it just doesn't have the time or space to do it. And so like we're getting a Kraglin, we're getting Cosmo, we're getting... Groot, Rocket, Mantis, Drax, Nebula, Gamora, Star-Lord, even Adam Warlock and like his mother have like this weird relationship that they're trying to (laughs) give us more insight on. There's just so much the movie's trying to do that we don't spend enough time with certain characters or some characters we don't spend, we spend too much time with and it's trying to do this balancing act and it doesn't always work. And the tone can be all over the place, like it's funny and then it's like sad and funny and sad, like it kind of... A little uneven in that sense and so yeah it, it's it's just a little a little much that's how i felt how did you feel yeah i completely agree with what you just said i mean we rated it similarly Chope fucking after i came out i told him what i thought and he sent me a screenshot of his <laughs> yeah. notes app that said prediction sydney will give guardians of the galaxy three 3.5 out of five stars <laughs> and he was right he was right uh, to be yeah. to be clear, clear, I do this with Clara a lot too. Every time Clara goes to his movie, I think that the uh, that I've seen already. I will write in my notes what I think Clara will get. Will give this movie. I've been pretty spot on with both of you. I mean, I've been friends with both of you for a very long time. I kind of you know catch your vibes on what you like and what you don't like. I just had a feeling it was a three point five for you. That's all. Huh? No, that's good. That would be interesting to guess each other's scores for the stuff we talk about and then see what we end up getting i mean but, um, you guess my scores many times before and or like when i text you oh i'm between a three and three and a half you know exactly like what direction i'm going to go that's true i know that's <laughs> why when people are like wow you and joe's monthly rankings are really similar i'm like yeah when you when you, when you host a podcast with someone you're basically the same person at a certain point <laughs> uh, those are the best comments anyways but yeah uh, yes your, your, your complaints issues. I totally agree. And that was one of the things I mentioned in my letterbox review is like there were to- there were some tonal inconsistencies. I think this movie is like equally very sappy and very cynical. And sometimes I didn't think they coexisted super well. Other times it's like, ah, that's why I love you, James Gunn. Like <laughs> you can do it all. Yeah. But I and I agree that it is very overstuffed. That was kind of Something that, I mean, I wonder if the script started off as just like a normal MCU movie and the third movie was going to be just about Rocket. And then mm. they were like, oops, you're out of here, James Gunn. Let's re let's re- recreate it. this into a swan song 
for literally every character. Yeah. Um, and so then you get this long runtime and it's kind of skipping around a bunch of places. And and one of the things that like as as great as I thought Rocket's arc was, I wish he was like more center stage. I feel like, you know, the whole time we're getting the flashbacks, which is awesome. But then he gets saved and he gets his big his big moment. But that was kind of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to spend more time with like present day Rocket because that's fair. Um, the big thing is that he never really told them like what was happened to him. And I yeah. kind of wanted to, you know, hear him talk about like, yeah, like where he was at now after that whole big thing. Okay. That's, but, I mean, that's a fair yeah. criticism. I totally agree with that. I, I will make one more positive and say, Yes, it's overstuffed. Yes, it's a lot going on. But I commend Gunn or whomever made the decision not to do any cameos, not to do anything with the big extended universe they're in. Like, it's a pretty self-contained, like, Guardians movie. There is no Kang references. There's no Thor appearance. It's just, like, Guardians. And there's a lot of Guardians now. It's a big universe for the Guardians. But I like that we didn't get anything that was alluding to the bigger universe at hand. I feel like that would have been just, you know, overkill at that point. Well, do you think that Adam Warlock was a setup? Like I think he was a setup. Be... Yeah, I mean like the post credit scene shows like he's with Rocket on the team. Where they take that, I have no idea. I mean, there's no plans for our Guardians four, uh, but will they show up in fucking secret wars or the Kang Dynasty movie, probably. I would imagine yeah. so. Because they're still active, but it only teased that Star-Lord will return. Exactly. And that was where I was going to lead to my next question is... Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect segue. Star-Lord will return. The Guardians won't, but Star-Lord will. How did you feel about that? Uh Oh, I don't know. I mean, because I can't even I I can't even conceive of like what capacities Star Lord would return in. Yeah, I don't um, either. I'm open to that idea, and I'm not necessarily upset. I mean, I'm not upset at all that they're putting the rest of it to rest because I just don't like when you know they just like run things into the ground. Like, why ruin a good thing? Yeah. Um. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I when I saw the you know the big text come on the screen, Star Lord will return. <laughs> I was confused mostly because, like you, I, I was just thinking, in what, in what capacity, are, will we see Star Lord again? And and again, I, I'm not a big comic book reader. I don't know if Star Lord goes on to fucking start some new team or joins up with some other heroes. But in the current state of the MCU. No fucking idea what he's gonna do. Uh, I mean, he's it's on Earth be a now. Nomadland style <laughs> Earth drama. <laughs> he's gonna take a van across the country. <laughs> so I don't himself. know. Guess we'll guess we'll find out. I I really have no idea um, about what's gonna happen with Star Lord. Uh, my next we'll question see. to you, and maybe my final question about Guardians Volume Three: Should they have killed okay. someone off at the end? And if so, who should it have been? Because leading up to this movie, I would say 99% of the world was like, someone's fucking dying, and it's going to be Rocket. And some people were like, maybe it's Drax. I heard some people say it might be Quill, but no one died. Everybody kind of gets, I wouldn't say a happy ending, but a happy-ish ending. Should they have killed somebody off? 
I know I have the same question for you because I have seen a lot of complaints about like also the fake outs. I don't think it was like a fake out that it seemed like Rocket was going to die from like marketing or, or whatever. But then Quill like dies yeah. <laughs> at the end. And then they're like, just kidding. And I was like, why did you do that? Um, <laughs> I, s- <laughs> I don't think someone needed to die. I don't. And okay. if they were to kill someone off, when, when the moment when Quill died, I was like, you know what? Maybe that kind of works. I thought it worked like, completely. Yeah, he's going back. He like, fuck it. Like, you know, I guess we wouldn't get him like going back to Earth, but he's going back for his music. I thought that was like a beautiful sentiment and a, and a beautiful moment for him, especially because, you know, he and Gamora were going to go their separate ways. I was kind of ready to accept it. And then they were like, nah. And then it was like, of all th- of all things, like Adam Warlock saves him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, that made sense in, th- in that moment because Groot saves him. And then Groot, he's like, why did you save me? And Groot says, I'm Groot or something like that. You know, like everybody. <laughs> and then he says, says it? I love you guys. <laughs> uh, hey, man, that means we we as the audience now understand Groot. Isn't that so deep <laughs> and so cute? It's so cute. All I heard was Vin Diesel. <laughs> um family i'm okay with everybody living i am but the asterisk here is that the fake out with with quill dying and then like not dying bothers me to the extent like they should just kill them off in my opinion if they're gonna push it that far him frozen in space and his like face gets all exploded when he survives i don't know they should just kill them off. I don't know why the the need for the fake out. I think the scene where Adam does save him and like does the pose of Adam, like the Michelangelo painting. I think it's Michelangelo. Yeah. I don't know who it is. But I thought that scene was super cheesy and forced. I did not. I saw someone tweet say like, this scene's genius. James Gunn's a genius for the scene. And I immediately thought it was very shallow, if I'm saying anything. Not that yeah. uh, crazy of a, a, a reference to make Adam you know, bringing Chris back to life or Quill back to life. But anyways, it was, uh, I'm fine with everybody living. Should they have killed somebody off? It's fine that they didn't, but it, it, I preferred them not to do the fake out. If I'm being honest, that's how the kind of the camp I land in. No, I agree. I enjoyed the happy ending. There's nothing wrong with happy endings. There isn't exactly. Exactly. I will say random. Uh, sorry. I got a text message. Um, I will say though, I do love, I think this is a really, really, really good thing that they did. Or maybe Gunn did it. No, who did it? The decision that, that they made to not have Gamora and Star-Lord end up together. Love that. Big, big fan of that. I feel like if that would have happened, w- way too much. That's like you're overloading it with too much happy ending, too much cheese. I think that having Gamora move on, go with the Ravagers and Star-Lord, move on and go on home that is the perfect ending for those two characters and that relationship. Do you feel the same way? I think I do. And yeah, I like that they kind of had their, the, you know, moment of acknowledgement um, and how she, he clearly kind of like, you know, she softened up throughout the movie. Um, But yeah, and that they didn't end up together and they can kind of do their own, you know, identity exploring. But do you think... It's like uh, maybe we'll do our own thing and come back together, or are they like done? I hope they're done. 
will they try to melt wow. their relationship in <laughs> Joe doesn't a... believe in love. They're the best MCU couple. <laughs> I'm so cynical after this movie, I just want everybody to <laughs> be alone. No, I think that it kind of adds to this theme that I feel like the Guardians has done a really good job cultivating that life isn't going to go the way you want it. Quill's mom dies of cancer super early. He gets kidnapped. And there's something, you know, his father ends up being a fucking little egomaniac and killed his mom was like the reason his mom died. I just feel like the a lot of the, the big themes in Guardians has always been that life doesn't go the way we plan. And I think the capping that relationship between Star-Lord and Gomorrah with them not being together, going the separate ways, is like the perfect way to just put a period at the end of that theme and say like that's just the way life is we have to just move on and i would hate for them to ruin that by having them reunite in like a different movie huh i guess i understand but to me i like i like the aspect that it's like they're good together because they've both been through they both were dealt like a really shitty hand yeah and they can connect in that way, which I guess is the way, you know, they all connect as friends also. So we're still getting that. They don't necessarily have to be together. They like see each other and appreciate each other. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was, I thought that was kind of bold of James Gunn to do that. I thought so too, but I like bold. Like if you're not going to kill anybody off, that's fine. At least he killed off that love relationship. So that's a death in its own way is that like that remote romance is now dead, which is, uh, I think, a uh, <laughs> <laughs> a fine a fine secondary to no one dying huh okay i have a question for you what is it who's your favorite guardian after this movie i'm between three rocket obviously that's like all of them i <laughs> uh drax i'm a big drax guy okay maybe kind of a crazy pick here mantis i love mantis not crazy at all i think mantis had a really nice arc in this movie and i loved her ending her send-off as i have basically been listening to somebody my entire life and living my life just following somebody and i need to now be on my own love that i think that's something that a lot of people can resonate with i think she's very funny in the movie just funny in general i think she's probably one of the funniest characters in the whole bunch i'm being honest I love Mantis. So if I would pick one, I'm picking Mantis. That is that's my hot take of the wow. night. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. That's Crazy. awesome. What's yours? Okay, I think that I'm between Nebula and Mantis. Oh, Nebula's a great choice. She's also had a great just arc in this whole trilogy. I know. Like, like it literally started as a villain. Yeah. And yeah. I always really, I always thought that her and Gamora's relationship was really important in the MCU and was like so well done. Um, and yeah, her arc has been so amazing. I think she's funny. And I like, I let, I loved in this movie the way that her, I mean, she's done it before, but we got a few cool scenes of the way her body just like, she gets like fucked up and her body just like cracks back into place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, a little bit of body horror. Like that was awesome. Do we want to talk about the hallway scene at all? Oh, yes, we should. But yeah, Nebula or Mantis, both underrated and both amazing. I'm, b- I'm between those two. Why yeah, you the pick hallway Cosmo? scene. Cosmo. <laughs> Dude, I want <laughs> Grace Randolph thinks that um, that is like, 
re- that whole bit was like really distasteful because it was like dog abuse. What? Which part you know, of dog the whole abuse? Thing where he was like, "You're a bad dog." <laughs> <laughs> she was like, stop. Grace Randolph is too much. We should have a Grace Randolph segment on all of our podcast episodes. We really well, should. We... It's just, <laughs> she's just fascinating. She's endlessly entertaining. When she's, yeah. so, when she's right, she's right. And when she's wrong, I don't even, I think, I There's think no she should one be more wrong dissected than her? for science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that take, Grace I was like, Randolph I would. For years yeah. to come. I would never have thought of it like that. But that was one of the things that I was like, okay, this is just like, like even the fact that um, Sean Gunn as, uh, what's his, I don't even know the character's name. Yeah. Got his whole arc and had that whole recurring bit with Cosmo. I was like, I feel like as cute as it is, I feel like it's like just adding runtime. Exactly. That's that's what I was kind of referencing earlier when I was saying yeah. they're they're trying to do a finale kind of for everybody and the craglin cosmo relationship and craglin learning to do the whistle the whistle stick whistle arrow uh i don't know what it's called it's called a whistle arrow i, I is, guess that's it yeah it's emotional and, and seeing yondu there for that split second did get me a little emotional i'm not gonna lie but it does feel a little cheap kind of a shortcut like let's just quickly do craglin real quick and cosmo and when it's just adding to the minutes of the movie rather than giving us more time with, you know, people, characters, we could be developing a little bit more. I agree. And it had that little dog thing that Adam Warlock had. Oh, yeah. That thing was weird. That was like that a whole, whole bit. That was weird. I didn't know what was going on there. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, hallway scene. Oh, the hallway scene. Yeah. So I loved it. I don't, I, you know, I don't think action is like James Gunn's strong suit. Oh. But... I was very impressed. It kept going, and I was like, oh, my God. It's going to be one take. A and wonder. I love all the ways that the camera is going. I love the POV moments. All all of them look so fucking cool, like, in their poses. No sleep till Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. It was sweet. I mean, I almost wish it was longer. But definitely the best action scene in the film. I'm hearing people say best action scene in the MCU. What do you think of that? As someone who's currently going through the entire MCU, I I can see the argument. I don't think it's a ridiculous argument. The only movie that's keeping it kind of contested is maybe Winter Soldier. But, you know, a wonder, a nice one take is is pretty fun. It's a really good time. And a lot of people complain about Winter Soldier's, you know, heavy cuts in their in their hand-to-hand combat scenes. And I think it works in that movie, but you know, it's not as pretty as a, a one shot. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm right now currently in the rewatch. I we just finished Ant Man, so up until Phase Two, yes, it's the best action scene. But I will know more once I finish the rest of the phases. I don't know. But I, I think it's very good, best in the movie, like you said. I agree with you on all points. The POV shots and just like the way the camera's rotating around certain characters. Everybody gets literally their time to shine in that hallway. It's some really good stuff. Really enjoyed that. So good, good scene. I'll have to revisit it once we, uh, once I finish the uh, the entire franchise, whether I know if it's the best of the best. So who knows? Yeah, I'm curious what you'll say because I definitely think like stylistically, it's the most like fun. Yeah. What but do you yeah, think is even there... a contender? I, I know because I'm thinking of like action scenes that 
come to mind that I love. I mean, I think of like when Thor touches down in Wakanda. Good one. Very good one. Infinity War. That's epic. But is it epic because of the action or because of the moment? It's kind of because of the moment, you know? You're right. You're right. No, but there are, there's some, there's some kick-ass stuff that happens in that scene. Yeah, there are. I think of, um, Doctor Strange dream walking in his own corpse, but that's not really action. No. Oh, the musical music fight note the... fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love the music note fight, but again, it's like it's cool, but is the filmmaking impressive? I don't know. There's like different different criteria. Yeah, it, it's up yeah. there. I'd say easy top five. Okay, all right, all right. We'll come back to it eventually. You and I. Okay. Okay. Well, that's our conversation on Guardians. Before we move on to something a little bit different, a final score and thoughts? Uh, 3.5 out of 5, though I would like to see it again. Like, you know, like we talked about the hype factor. Um, you have expectations, and you can see it and reevaluate. But I liked it a lot. I mean, yeah, I think it's one of the better MCU movies we've gotten lately. James Gunn knows what he's doing, and I'm I'm open to his future at DC. Yeah, yeah. I'm same. a little protective over DC. Superman is like one of my favorite heroes. Oh, I didn't know that. S- yeah. Okay. So we'll see. I don't know. I wouldn't want the Superman version of Guardians of the Galaxy, but he seems very aware of that. That so. is the one like really nice thing about James Gunn is that it does feel like he knows what he's good at and i feel like because of that i don't think he'll translate that to superman i i do feel like superman will be something very different from what we've seen past james gunn james gunn movies yeah i mean i i kind of like thinking about that i was like he's like kind of a, a early in his career i mean it's not like he's super young but he's definitely still growing and experimenting as a filmmaker yeah yeah which i think is cool i so, do too. so i'm excited okay but what are your what are your final thoughts Final thoughts, final score. I give it a four to five, so not much higher than yours. Uh, I, I I really enjoyed it. I do think it's one of the better MCU movies in the last couple months. Uh, there's a lot to love about it. I cried. I laughed. I thought the action was great. Yeah, it suffers from you know your typical MCU problems, but uh, I, I feel like we're at a point now every MCU movie will suffer from that problem. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like from here on out, Every Marvel movie is going to be trying to do way too much. And uh, that is just going to be the kind of the life we live from now on. It's kind of cynical of you, Joe. Well, I mean, like the Marvels comes out in November. I feel like we're going to get a lot of stuff going on in that movie, preparing for a lot of things in the future. It just feels like it's going to be a lot. I just I have this gut feeling. Do you not feel that way about Marvels? No, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Calling me cynical? You're cynical too? Well, that's why... (laughs) You know I'm cynical, but that's why this one was refreshing because you're like, okay, like this is is the end. The dog days are over. Dog days are over. We can kind of just sit back and watch it for what it is. But yeah, now we got to gear up. Time to gear up. Back into... uh... The the main overarching Kang story. What will they do uh, with Kang? What is even gonna happen with that? <laughs> I have that's no up idea. to God and Kevin Feige. <laughs> <laughs> it's above my yeah. Wow, what will happen? What do you think is gonna happen really? Like I think I mean they have to recast him. They have to. 
and they have to, I mean, it's lucky that they could, I guess, work something in about there being like a different variant. Variant, yeah. But still, it's like they showed like thousands of variants <laughs> of Jonathan Majors. Then it's like, <laughs> oh, well, this one is like a different guy. So <laughs> <laughs> that's where they fucked up. If they didn't show that post credit scene of literal thousands of Jonathan Majors, they could maybe get away with the recast a lot more, a lot easy, a lot more easily. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, uh, but I think everyone would forgive them if they just clean cut, like cast someone different and just pretended it never happened. I think so, too. I think it wouldn't be that. I mean, it would be an issue, you know, only because some people make it an issue. But I think enough people would just say, OK, cool, and move on from it. You know, we did it with fucking Terrence Howard and uh, Don Cheadle. That's not a good comparison oh, yeah. because War Machine isn't, you know, Kang the Conqueror. But. I think enough people. Oh, I mean Edward Norton and Mark Ruffalo. Uh, yeah, people will just move on, and I think, but they got to do it soon. And I, the crazy part is how much have they already done with him? Like, do you think yeah. he's in low key season two? When was that supposed to come out? It's coming out this year, like end of the year. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I guess they'd still. I mean, I guess that's like if it's finished. Like, yeah, they just have to release it, I guess. But I know is ever is anyone gonna watch it? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Obviously, but I'm sure a lot of people will choose not to. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, they're kind of fucked. <laughs> so we'll they are a, fucked. Good luck to them. Good luck. Uh, it'll be fun watching that shit show go on. That's for <laughs> yeah. sure. Uh, the second half of this uh, podcast, the last 20 minutes or so, we are not talking about the future of Marvel, but we're talking about some of our favorite found family films. A trope that is very popular in movie and television, Guardians of the Galaxy, is a very good example of the found family trope. If you don't know what it is, well, it's exactly as it sounds. It's about it, uh, a movie where characters form a family. Usually that family is kind of strange of some sort. Um, I asked Sydney to pick some of their found family films, their favorite found. That's so many Fs in a, in a row. Favorite <laughs> found family films. Four Fs. Anyways. How hard was it? You, how hard was it for you to find movies you love that exhibit the found family trope? Did you have a hard time finding some, or were you like, "Oh, I know three off the bat"? Uh, Google is free, so that part was really easy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to half the comments on TikTok that ask me, "Where is this playing at?" Literally, right? I don't get it. I love you, Just everybody who comments on my my TikTok videos, but. The question, where can I watch How to Blow Up a Pipeline? Uh, just Google it. I promise you, it'll tell you. It will tell you. And as much, I do like to provide that in my videos, but it's very tedious editing on TikTok. It is so very tedious. Like, you can Google it. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I, I came up with some off the bat, and then I, I used Google after. I was like, are there any big ones I'm forgetting? I, I am a big fan of searching on Letterboxd for lists other people oh, have made. that's so smart. I should have done that. It's a great feature because, yeah, most things, it's like, you know, everyone's kind of compiling their favorites and stuff. Yeah. So it's a good resource. But Do you like the uh, found like, family trope? I was going to say, like, I'm wondering if you're, like, a big fan because I guess, I don't know. I, I, no, like I like it, but it's it's never been something that I'd call one of my favorite tropes. But I feel like you're kind of a fan. I am. You know why? Because I'm not cynical. I'm a sentimental dude. I like well, to not... feel sentiment. <laughs> 
All right, you're rewriting the last hour of this podcast, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I'm trying to. It's, it's intentional. I'm trying to do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm like a family. I feel like there are the people who it's like, I don't, you know, I have family problems of my own, but like me, my dad, and my sister are like tight as fuck, and I'm someone who's like family, family, family. Yeah. But then there are people who are like, you know, I really found my family like with my friends and with people who weren't my biological family. And I and I know that that resonates like found family resonates so strongly with them. Yeah. And so, that's maybe yeah. where I kind of come from that camp. I, I am close. That's a lie. I love my family. I would not characterize our relationship as close. We're all kind of doing our own thing. We're all very independent. They're all very happy. I'm very happy. I love them to death, but I would not say that we're close. But I would say that my friends are like my family. And I say that, you know, uh, not jokingly, but I know it sounds cheesy, but it's true. And maybe that's why the found family trope does resonate with me a lot because I did find family within my friends. So I love this trope. You are right. I'm a big fan of it. I knew like one or two off the bat immediately. And then I did some Google searches because I too have access to the internet. I am uh, <laughs> I'm in the, the 2023 year and I can Google things myself. So I found a couple. Let's talk about some of our favorite ones. Okay. You, you can go Do first. You go Throw first? one out there. Oh, okay. Was one of yours Paddington? Paddington is my number one. It's the one I thought of immediately. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Then that could be you're going first. Or are we going... Okay, whatever. I'll just name one. The first one, surprisingly, and I guess it's because uh, we both watched it recently... The first movie that popped into my head was The Warriors. Oh, I love The War. Yeah, we have talked about it recently. Y- yes, I love The Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Renfield, but uh, no, you're talking about uh, The Warriors. The fuck? Oh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. You said we watched it recently. I was like, oh, is it Renfield? Oh, but... <laughs> Guy Ritchie's The Covenant? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Guy Ritchie's Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? Which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> kind of though <laughs> Winnie the sure. Pooh <laughs> sure sure um the Warriors good pick why'd you pick that one I guess I'm you know you think of like especially with Guardians on the Mind you think of like the ragtag like gang of friends or whatever um and the Warriors I was like that's a cool like especially because the way it it executes that theme is so great yeah so yeah, yeah. and Paddington can I tell you something is it that you've never seen. seen Paddington? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. That's well, rough. I've Why? seen, no, I've seen like 90% of the first Paddington. I've not seen Paddington 2, which apparently is like better than Citizen Kane. So it is. And that's like grounds for never, you know, being on this podcast again. But since we're friends, <laughs> I'm allowing it. It's tough. I actually don't know if I want you to watch it because I don't know if I can really shoulder that 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 disappointment once you give it a four i know you well you do kind of know me and i think you know that i'm not sentimental in that way <laughs> like it's i feel like it's just like the most pure thing on the planet it is it fucking is marcel the shell all over that... again <laughs> <laughs> a movie that you also gave four stars to am i correct right i d- it wasn't even that i'm gonna be honest with you what you gave it lower than four i might have given it a three no i think i You're gave it fucking a with me i'm not that's wild that's I wild that shell <laughs> no i love marcel the shell i like grew up my siblings and i i can't even tell you how much we watched like the skit 
on YouTube growing up. It was a cute movie, but you know, that's not quite it's not the it's not the brand of sentimentality that gets to me. But yeah. I can it's appreciate it. It's not licorice pizza, it. I guess. Okay. All right. Chill, chill out. <laughs> We're using fighting words as now. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I, I went a little too personal. I know. Paddington 2 is close <laughs> to my heart. I didn't mean to attack you like that. I apologize. Look, um, I'll go into Paddington 2 with an open mind. The first yeah. one's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. Paddington 1. Well, so the, for the found family trope, I'm choosing Paddington 1 because it exhibits the literal definition of found family right. more than Paddington 2. Uh, but Paddington 1, great movie. This cute-ass bear from Peru, which, you know, Sydney, I also descend from you are Peru. Peruvian. Yeah, yep. so uh, goes to the station and looks for a family and finds one in the Brown family. And it's just a wonderful story about acceptance and love. And <laughs> I love Paddington. Love him to death. So, yeah, Paddington is one of my choices. Okay, my, so you're my other Paddington choices. 1. I'm Warriors. What's yeah, here's another one from me. Lilo and Stitch. <gasps> Big oh, Lilo and Stitch fan. That's a great one. This one, I this one I added pretty last minute because I was rewatching it uh, just the other day. For I don't know why I was rewatching. It. I was kind of in the mood to watch it. I watched the Good Dinosaur as well. Have you seen that? No. Oh, it's it's bad. Which I was. I why I wanted to watch bad. it again. <laughs> what? I thought it looked so cute. I was shocked to hear it was really bad. It's. It's not okay. Bad is like maybe dramatic in the in the main. It's a kids' like movie. Joe. sense. Oh fuck you! I hate that excuse right now. <laughs> it's a kids' too. movie. Um, in the broader sense of Pixar, it's bad. It's an animated film that's within like the scope of other animated films. It's decent. We'll talk about that one later. Anyways, I okay. watched Lilo and Stitch again, and wow, movie hits like a truck. Very sad. Very fun just super sentimental i think because stitch is kind of a stand-in for not only as a person but also as a dog kind of hits me uh, in like two ways i'm like oh he's a cute dog but he's also kind of a sibling lilo and stitch is great aged very well i think i think it still holds up really well it's sad that we're gonna get a live action version of it i don't even want to think about that but i'm a big lilo and stitch I fan know. your thoughts on lilo and stitch yeah, I love it. I haven't seen it in way too long, but it was a movie I really loved growing up. And I'm sensing a theme with you of a little creature. <laughs> My last one, the last one I wrote down is not, no, no creatures, though. Okay. Are we doing five? I wrote down just three or four. I didn't, we can do five. Okay, if you want. that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I wrote down a lot, but there are a few that I'm like, these would be like, these are special to me. Did you write down Fast and Furious one through nine? Or just no, fast nine. I've, I've only seen nine. <laughs> it still kills me. You've only seen fast and because it was nine. free. That was like one of my first early screenings I ever went to, and That's I was like, so okay, funny. I guess I'll go to this. How far and are you in your rewatch really for Fast X? Just uh, nowhere. I'm gonna do Transformers <laughs> first. Fuck that. Are you really? That's yeah. Transformers is like. Are you fucking kidding me, Joe? Big giant robots and Michael Bay. Yeah, but the last two have Mark Wahlberg in it and are like four hours long. Yeah, okay, that's the thing is that I always, I'm like, oh, maybe I should start my Transformers rewatch. And I'm like, oh, okay, it has a five-hour runtime. <laughs> maybe not tonight or it'll take like three <laughs> days to watch it. So, yeah. The, the but first Fast three X, I like. It's the last two okay. I don't. I remember I saw, I did see the dinosaur one in theaters I did too. I remember that. But I like don't. Rem- I was like fourteen. I like barely remember it. So it's fine. I'm just gonna have to 
have to go through. But let them anyways. come. Let them come. <laughs> have you seen the Have you seen the edits of that? No. Why would they make I'm, that the tagline? I have no idea. But every time I hear that, I watch the trailer in a theater. It makes me laugh so hard. He's, let them let, come. <laughs> let him cook now. <laughs> Why would they make that the tagline? Like, why is that such a, Cause it's, a specific uh, scene in the trailer? It's just fucking Optimus Prime putting a mask down. Let them come. Like, what he do doesn't they think say what's gonna anything cooler than that? What's that? I just said he doesn't say anything cooler than that that they could have used. <laughs> he probably does. But, oh, man, it's so funny. Whatever. I'm excited for Michelle Yeoh. Oh, yeah, I forgot she was even in that. I didn't even know there were lady transformers. That I found that out, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, they reintroduced them in, Stan. I don't know, four or five, maybe? Definitely in Bumblebee. In Bumblebee, they're, they're everywhere. Okay, cool. But yeah, Anyways. no, why, what were we talking about? No Fast, Fast X for me. I have, for my second one, I have one that I thought was an interesting one, which is, is Tenet. Oh, that is interesting. Talk about it. Let's hear it. Also, I'm a Tenet truther. I, I think Tenet oh, me too. was unfairly maligned when it came out, and I think it rips. Good movie. The people just didn't understand it, and neither did I. <laughs> and yeah. I still don't. Dude, I, I can't clarify, even tell you. I didn't like it until the second time I watched it when yeah. I understood it better and I could use subtitles. Okay, well, did you? this was COVID. Did you see it in theaters? That This was like not. one of the first COVID movies. No, I did not watch it in theaters. I did see it in theaters. I was bad. Well, I mean, people, you were allowed to see it, you know? It's not like you broke the law to watch it. I mean, everyone's masked up, vaccinated, and that was when they were like 10 seats in between every person. (laughs) (laughs) You're just staring Um, at the person next to you like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) (laughs) But fucking Christopher Nolan's sound mixing is so whack that the first time I watched it, I could not hear anything anyone was saying, and it was Mm. so confusing that I was like miserable for the first like half of the movie. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. But then I was able to rewatch it with subtitles. And That's when I fell in love with it. Sense. That's yeah. when I fell in love with it. Yeah. I've watched the the inverted highway chase so it's many so times. Sick. I don't even I, think I understand it to this day. I love the I'm intro like, too. Where the they're intro- like rating oh the yeah. rating like the opera or like the, the orchestra area. Yeah, that was really. I know it's such an underrated. I mean, you you'd think with how many people go so hard for Christopher Nolan, that that movie was was oddly maligned. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great, but yeah, Anyways. Tenet, Found Family, uh, John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, the whole Tenet crew, and he didn't even know. Yeah, didn't even know until but... the end. But <laughs> they loved each other so much. Robert Pattinson cared about him so much. And was so loyal to him that he gave his life. Good pick. I like that pick a lot. It, I know. I, it wasn't my idea. It was That was Google. But I well, was like, oh. You still I chose never it, have, though. I, yeah. I would never have thought of that. What's your next one? Ocean's Eleven is my next pick. Okay. I am a Ocean's simp. I fucking love Ocean's movies. Well, you're a heist simp. I am a Which heist. I did simp. not really know about you until like a couple weeks ago. I I don't doesn't even matter. The heist movie's bad. I will probably like it still. But Ocean's Eleven, fortunately, is I would argue like top five heist movies of all time. Very good heist movie, and uh, 
just fucking 11 guys and trying to rob a bank in Vegas and they are friends, but they're family. It's just a good ass time. I love Ocean's Eleven. That's do, a do great like pick. That? Yeah, I do. I haven't seen them in a while. I think I've seen them like all. There's what? Like three like main ones? Yeah, 11, 12, 13, unquote. and then eight was the all female crew. The female one. Yeah, yeah, I love movies like that also. I think the, f- the first one was just like, it's such a cool vibe. Very cool vibe. Um, and very funny. And I think, if I'm giving hot takes on this episode, I, I'm a big Ocean's 12 person, which is the one people hate, but I, I think it's the best one, and I, okay. I can provide arguments to that on a different night. So, okay. But Ocean's, in general, great found family stuff. That's a good one. That is a good one. I'll what counter. You? Ooh, um, with what? With kind of a similar vibe, I have Hustlers. Hustlers? Oh, Hustlers, the Jennifer Lopez movie? Yeah. I... Whoa, whoa, you got me excited right now. I fucking love Hustlers. Do love you? Hustlers. I thought that movie rocked. I thought I was like Jennifer Lopez for Academy Award this year. I was on that boat. Oh, because that was Uncut Gems year, right? Uh, was it 2019? It was because I remember that was one of my first YouTube videos I ever did. And I was like, Snubs, Adam Sandler, Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, I thought Hustlers was fantastic. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. And that, I mean, great found family, like great setting for found family. Yeah. Female led. Um, yeah, that movie is okay. good. It does not good get pick. talked about enough. I agree with you. I agree with you. What's your um, next? I'll stick in the superhero theme. I'll go Logan. I like Logan a lot. I think Logan's a great, great I had family. X-Men. X-Men in general is good. Just in I will... general, but Logan specifically, yeah. Yeah. Him and x23 x24 one of them i don't know x x something uh great just great relationship and such a great movie in general i feel like when people talk about superhero movies no one talks about logan or very few people do do you feel that way yeah because i feel like it doesn't register as like a superhero movie like obviously if you're talking like what are the best superhero movies ever made people are going to talk about logan but in just, yeah, the more casual conversations, I feel like we don't talk about, like, the inner workings of the film. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. Even though it's so good. But so is she, she's, is she biologically related to him? That is a good question. I think so. That's I think she why was she made has, with, like, his, his DNA, right? I believe so. I think that's, like, the connection, the connection there. Not that it matters. They still, like, yeah. choose each other ultimately. Yeah, yeah. God, what an ending to that movie, too. What it's a fucking so, banger. Dude, I love that movie. James Mann's Goldman. I believe in him. I believe in He's him. He's so good. He's like modern-day Spielberg. Whoa. I say as though Spielberg is, like, dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy's still alive. <laughs> Spielberg <laughs> is modern-day Spielberg. <laughs> but James Mangold, he's like Spielberg light. I mean, he's literally directing the new Indiana Jones film. Yeah, I... Yeah, he's so... Ford versus Ferrari, I love that movie. Kicks ass. Good movie. Kicks ass. Yeah, that's a movie I walked into thinking, oh, this movie's going to suck. And then I walked out like, I'm going to fucking buy a Mustang right now. That movie <laughs> fucking rules. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and always... sad. Sad movie. And Logan yeah. is a fucking sad movie. Yeah. James yeah. James Mangold is very good at what he does. I'm excited yeah. for Indiana Jones. I feel like I'm the only one sometimes, but I'm really excited for it. I'm with uh, you. He apparently is doing Swamp Thing. That's like the kind of the rumor right now oh, for yeah. DC. That's going to fucking rip. 
I love that's that. House of Horrors moment. Yes, I'm so pumped for that. Oh my gosh! Um, cool. Uh, one more, two more. I'm just gonna shout them two out. Two more. We don't talk about them. Okay, I had like combination like The Outsiders and Stand by Me because I feel like it's a um, similar vibe. Yeah, good picks, good picks. Toy Story. I was thinking about Toy Story. It's a good I one. I listed that. That's a great yeah. one. Recently, Dungeons and, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my gosh! Right now. <laughs> no way! <laughs> Honor yeah. among thieves. But that's a good found family one. That I love. You know that movie's grown on me a lot over the last couple of months, and I I'm really happy it turned out so great. Ugh, you get it. I do. Yeah, I the do. movie was great. It's and you know what? It didn't do well at the box office. I think that's sad. A lot of movies haven't done well, sadly, recently. Yeah. Like Margaret, I saw a post today saying, "Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret." Just completely flopping right now which is yeah insane well, considering how good it is it is so good but i also get it i guess because it's not really a theater movie i feel like it's so expensive that yeah it doesn't scream like go. go see are you there god it's me all margaret the, on the big the screen big screen premium <laughs> screen <laughs> see it on the biggest screen possible are you there god it's me margaret which religion will she choose <laughs> When when will she get her period? I don't know. <laughs> will she get it? See now in Dolby oh, surround man. sound. <laughs> good movie though. You should go watch it. Everybody's listening. Good movie. Yes, yes, it's so good. It's so sweet. That's um, so okay, what did we both just said? Dungeons and Dragons. You do another one. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Have you seen it? Oh, cute. Yes, love that one a lot. That's you a know, really good one. Taika has been uh, on an interesting trajectory as of late. And I do like his more original work and uh, maybe his non-MCU work. So I'm excited for the next movie. I feel like I'm alone in that as well, though. His next movie, the soccer one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The next goal, win- next goal wins. It's literally just Ted Lasso. And I don't I watch find... that show. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't. We'll see. We'll see. I. Okay, well... uh, if, it, if, if Ted Lasso didn't exist, I'd be like, wow, what a cool novel concept. I'm so excited. I think it'll just be, I think it will, you know, to your point, I think it will be kind of like back to his roots, like sweet movie, funny, kind of low stakes type yeah. situation. So yeah, I'm excited. The trailer looked funny. So yeah, I feel like he excels at that really, really well. Hunt for the Wilder People is maybe my favorite movie from him. It's just like a great. Are you kidding? That that really is where we differ. Wow. Where are you at? What we do in the shadows? uh that's probably tops jojo i liked jojo rabbit Ooh, i'm not a jojo fan you aren't Is no it i think the movie has aged really poorly if i'm being honest oh i haven't seen it since it came out yeah i think um i think when you kind of look at it in the lens of like why are we making any nazi look sympathetic is is really problematic if i'm being honest okay interesting it is then worth revisiting though i want to see how you feel about it Okay. Well, what we do in the shadows, I do think would be my number one. Because what else has he done that's like, oh, um, well, he did like Thor Ragnarok. But I'm not like yeah. a Thor Ragnarok crazy fan. So Hunt for the Wilder People is a big one. What we do in the shadows, there's a movie called Boy. Boy is really good. I like Boy a lot. Oh, I haven't seen Boy. Uh, Eagle versus Shark. Did he direct that? I think he did. I haven't seen it, though. And I know people love that. And... I haven't seen that either. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. He doesn't have that big of a filmography, to be honest. But yeah, so I'm a big. I love what we do in the shadows, and I love. I just like hunt for the will of people as a found. I guess 
I guess what we do in the shadows is found family too. I mean, to true. Some wow, it, you could make a that hidden, argument. Hidden found family. Maybe he's also a found family guy. I guess you get that in Thor Ragnarok a bit. And next goal wins. It sounds like the coach will find found a family, family with the soccer team. Oh my god. <laughs> We're breaking uh, barriers on this podcast. We really are. Really are. All um, right. Okay. Last pick from you. Hunt for the, um, oh, last one. Which one will I pick? I'm going to say Aliens because I literally watched it today. Oh, Aliens with an S, obviously, right? Aliens with an S. Yes. Okay. I like that pick a lot. Good pick. That was a nice story. Aliens is a... Do you like Alien or Aliens more? I... You know, I was maybe going to save this for House of Horrors. Like, I thought about texting you, and I was like, is it a secret? No, I'm going to tell you. Okay, tell me. I like Alien better. The first one. Yeah. That's how I feel, too. Is it really? I feel like everyone says, like, actually, Aliens is the better movie. So here's my spiel on it is that Aliens and Alien, obviously very similar in its foundation because of its story and its origin but operate really differently. Like I, one is to me an action uh, sci-fi and one is more sci-fi horror. And I tend to lean towards more the horror side, which I think alien is more sci-fi horror Two is two is great. Love two, but it is more actiony and I just don't vibe with it as much. I think. Oh my God. You're spot on. I mean, like that's how I feel too. Definitely lean towards the horror. And I also think that like the original alien yeah, it functions as this like very uh, like metaphorical story yeah. in and of itself. Then a- Aliens, you get the situation where like, I mean, why compare perfection? I think they're both great movies, like you said. But Aliens, you're getting it's it's more of like a real story. Like you're kind of ex- expanding it, and you know there are many aliens. Whereas the first Alien kind of like represents something in and yeah. of itself. So yeah, they're different, and I I get how the James Cameron approach like appeals to people. Oh, I totally okay. do as well. Yeah, interesting. I guess I guess it's less surprising now that you say it that we agree on that. Yeah, but yeah. Or you know, it's great. like this this podcast's mantra: "Porque no los dos." Porque right? no los dos. That's that's basically Keeps the mantra of this podcast. <laughs> I think it actually really is. <laughs> uh, amazing, great. Well, that was fun. We talked a lot about uh, different movies here. Yeah. Will people be mad we didn't say Star Wars at all? <laughs> oh, for found family? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. This, but this I, would, I wouldn't like think of it as like, uh, oh, Star Wars is a found family movie, I guess. No, it is, though. I guess for some reason I wouldn't think of like, yeah, I guess like father figures are like underappreciated as like a found family relationship. Yeah, yeah. I think Rogue One exhibits it, exhibits it the best and the most, but you can make the argument for all the movies. Oh, yeah, the sequels, too. I, I don't know why I think Star Wars and the sequels just don't exist in my yeah, mind at for, first. For a lot of people, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> we all tried to forget, but I feel like the narrative is being rewritten. <laughs> you think so? As Already? I don't know. I can never follow what the masses think about Star Wars at any given time. Yeah, I don't either. I I intentionally stay out of it though, so I don't know. Yeah, but you're right. Star Wars is Star Wars is a good example, and now we've said it. 
Yeah, we've said it. Now so you can't be mad. nothing to be mad about in exactly. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have reached the end. We've had a great conversation on Volume 3. If you haven't seen it yet and you listen to this whole thing, you clearly don't care about spoilers, so go watch it. <laughs> um, and then check out all the movies we talked about for Found Family because we love all those movies as well. Uh, any final wrap-up thoughts for you, Sydney? Um, Not really. I thought that was a great conversation. It's, I mean, you know, issues and all, like what a great and fun movie to even talk about and like dissect. Um, and we love you guys. Perfect. Exactly. I'm glad it wasn't like a Shazam Fury of the Gods conversation or that one was just... <laughs> yeah, that is nice. Sad and cynical. Also, that movie's on the <laughs> HBO Max this month. You know that? Oh, is it? I know. That's why I'm like, everyone go out and see it because you never know when it's going to be like, oh, it's on streaming now. I feel like volume three will be on streaming probably in like July or something like that. Something okay. like late summer, I would imagine. Yeah. That's my guess. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you everybody for listening. If you don't know already, Sydney and I have a Patreon for the podcast where you can subscribe and listen to exclusive episodes for a variety of different genres and kind of different series. We have three series right now. House of MCU, where Clara and I go over every movie in the MCU from release date Currently, we're on Phase 3, Civil War. So if you want to catch up, there's 12 episodes there. House of A24, where Claire and I talk about an A24 movie once or twice a month. Uh, Then House of Horrors in a series hosted by myself and Sydney, where we discuss horror movies twice a month. So far, we've talked about what? The Exorcist? And what else? Horror at the Oscars? Horror at the Oscars, and then The Exorcist as our specific movie for that topic. And then we did a bonus episode on Evil Dead franchise ranked. Yeah, that was fun. That was a hoot. If you want to hear some, probably the funniest conversation I've ever had in my entire (laughs) life, it's in that episode. I sometimes listen back to it personally to laugh because it's so fucking funny. And Um, now we're doing beginner horror. This is good for... To say on the public podcast, anyone who has not been drawn to horror, if you want to get into it, now is the time. Be, yeah, now is the time, and we're going to help you. Yeah, we on our Patreon, we put a poll up saying, what do you want us to talk about next? And it was like PG-13 horror, uh, banned horror movies or controversial horror movies. Uh, and then one of the options was horror for beginners, and people voted for that one. So clearly... I was telling Sydney, we're going to do this because it won by a landslide. Like, it wasn't even close. Yeah. And Sydney was like, wow, people really want this? I don't get it. And I had to tell Sydney, I think we are, like, stuck in this bubble, this echo chamber. I think we had a, a come to Jesus moment. <laughs> we were like, we were... not everyone wants to watch Cannibal Holocaust? Like... <laughs> not everybody wants to, like, be disgusted and grossed out and, like, <laughs> fucked up and deranged like us. And it was a very big come to Jesus moment where we realized, yeah, not everybody as is as crazy into horror as us. So beginner horror episode, which we'll release this week, is it was a lot of fun. We picked some good movies each to talk about and um, kind of a, a good way for you to ease into the genre without, you know, jumping straight into something super gory or something super disturbing. Yep. So it's a lot of fun. Check out the Patreon. There's a lot of different tiers you can subscribe to. If you can't subscribe, don't worry about it. We just appreciate you listening to these episodes every week. It still means a lot to us. So on that note, Sydney, I will talk to you later. Everybody else, I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. 
and uh, we'll see you guys another time. The dog days are over, listeners. (laughs) They are over. Goodbye, everybody.